Wednesday, July the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, big tech's bigger profits and the CDC's latest reversal on masks. First, the world in brief. Big tech's earnings season began in stellar fashion, with Alphabet, Apple and Microsoft all posting handsome quarterly results. Apple smashed analysts' already lofty expectations, reporting a profit of $21.7 billion in the three months to June, nearly doubling last year's equivalent figure. Sales of the new iPhone were particularly strong. The firm's share price fell slightly as it tamped down expectations of a repeat performance this quarter. Profits at Microsoft reached $19.1 billion, up 42% on last year, as demand for cloud computing soared. Not to be outdone, Alphabet, Google's parent company, nearly tripled its net income to $18.5 billion. Stock markets in China and Hong Kong fell for the third consecutive day as investors took fright amid China's tech crackdown. Tencent, a tech giant, suspended new registrations on WeChat from the Chinese mainland so it could align the messaging app, quote, with relevant laws and regulations. Its share price fell by 9%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Tech Index fell by 8%. China's CSI 300 fell by 3.5%. America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reversed earlier guidance on mask wearing, saying that even fully vaccinated Americans should cover their faces indoors where COVID-19 infections are rising. In May, the CDC had said those who were fully vaccinated could mostly go maskless indoors. Yesterday, Joe Biden said his administration may require that all government workers be vaccinated. Simone Biles, an American gymnast often praised as the greatest in history, withdrew from the team competition at the Tokyo Olympics because of mental anguish. America's Olympic Committee chief applauded Ms. Biles' decision to prioritise her health. Meanwhile, Naomi Osaka, a Japanese tennis star who recently quit the French Open for similar reasons, crashed out of the singles tournament. Shares in General Electric rose after the American industrial conglomerate said its operations would generate more cash in the near future than previously expected, $3.5 billion to $5 billion this year, up from a previous estimated $2.5 billion to $4.5 billion. Rebounding turnover from sales of its jet engines since the pandemic helped GE improve its overall outlook. For the first time since May 2019, the annual inflation rate in Zimbabwe slowed to double digits, to 56% in July. Inflation, which had been rising rapidly since the end of 2018, peaked at 838% in July 2020. In February, Zimbabwe's central bank said it wanted to bring inflation to below 10% by the end of the year. Saudi Arabia will bar citizens who visit countries on its COVID-19 red list from travelling for up to three years, according to SPA, the state-run news agency. The kingdom has banned travel to or transit in Afghanistan, Brazil and India, among other places, but reports suggest some Saudi citizens have ignored the edict. And fact of the day. Sweden's rate of murder by shooting is two and a half times the European average. And now, here's today's agenda. A substantial decision. The Fed meets. It is still more than a year before America's Federal Reserve is expected to raise interest rates. But the latest meeting of the Fed's rate-setting committee, which concludes today, may still produce drama. 
Investors and analysts will scrutinise every comment made by Jerome Powell, the Fed's chairman, at a news conference for any hints about when the central bank will rein in its super-loose monetary policy. Before raising rates, the Fed will begin by, quote, tapering, slowing its asset purchases from its current pace of $120 billion a month. If Mr Powell maintains his refrain that the committee wants, quote, substantial further progress in the country's economic recovery, markets will stick with their expectation that such tapering will begin only towards the end of this year. If he drops the quote substantial, perhaps reflecting concern about rising inflation, that could signal a more rapid shift toward the start of the Fed's great unwinding. Mark his every word. For the masses, Robin Hood's IPO. No company is more intertwined with the rise of retail investors than Robinhood, a brokerage platform. Fittingly, when the company prices and allocates shares for its initial public offering today, ahead of its first day trading on the Nasdaq tomorrow, as much as 35% will be sold directly to Robinhood's 18 million customers via its app. The company thinks that half of all brokerage accounts opened in America since 2016 have been on its platform. This supercharged growth helps explain why the company is seeking to be valued at a handsome $35 billion. But budding shareholders must account for risks too. Regulators, wringing their hands about the gamification of stock trading, particularly since the frenzy that pushed up shares in GameStop in January, have criticised the firm for egging it on. And 80% of the firm's revenues come from a controversial profit-sharing arrangement with market makers that America's Congress appears keen to restrict. Buyer beware. Still on target. Facebook's ad machine. Facebook may be unpopular in some quarters, but it is still a hit with advertisers and investors. The social media giant, which also owns Instagram and WhatsApp, releases its quarterly results today. They are once again expected to be stellar. On average, analysts predict that the company's revenues, 98% of which are generated by advertisements, will come in at around $28 billion, an increase of nearly 60% compared with the same period a year ago. Meanwhile, net income is expected to double to nearly $10 billion. Some observers were expecting the firm to take a hit because of Apple's new tracking policy. iPhone users now have to give Facebook permission to track them across different apps, making the tailoring of advertisements more difficult but the effects of that will not become apparent until its next results in late October. Only then will the fallout of Apple's move become clear. When horses fly. Answers about surveillance in India. The Pegasus spyware scandal, in which tens of thousands of targets of surveillance software were leaked to the press, has ruffled feathers across the world since it was exposed this month. Some of Pegasus's purported clients, such as the governments of Azerbaijan and Saudi Arabia, rarely have to face pointed questions at home. But others are squirming. India's opposition is feeling rowdy. Electoral competition is its lifeblood. Its leaders can be mortally threatened by the secrets on their smartphones. At least 1,000 local targets were leaked. Politicians, judges, journalists, Tibetan lamas and more. The parliament has been in a perpetual uproar prompting the Home Minister to claim that the whole Pegasus kerfuffle is a conspiracy, quote, to derail India's growth trajectory. He may have to do better. Yesterday, the Supreme Court, whose members may have been bugged too, was petitioned to order the government to divulge whether it has used Pegasus. A simple yes or no would be a start. Radical or respectable? 
skateboarding at the Olympics. On Monday, 13-year-old Mamiji Nishia secured the first Olympic gold medal in women's street skateboarding, in which athletes navigate a flat course with rails and stairs, for Japan. Tokyo 2020 also features park skating, in which competitors must traverse steep bowls. Skateboarding's ascent to the Olympics has prompted artists to reflect on the pursuit. No Comply, a new exhibition at Somerset House in London, explores how the subversive pastime took hold in Britain in the 1970s. All the Streets Are Silent, a documentary released in American cinemas last week, looks at the confluence of skateboarding and hip-hop music in Manhattan in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Both subcultures were edgy, dismissive of authority, and set off a kind of moral panic in the press. As a result of that rebellious ethos, many skateboarders think the activity is at odds with the rigour of the Olympics. Others are pleased that its athleticism and creativity is being recognised at last. Summer Quiz Week 2 Up for another battle with our baristas in a summer quiz? For Week 2, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Wednesday. Which former American senator famously described the internet as, quote, a series of tubes? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Maximilien Robespierre, who died on this day in 1794. The secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.